Good evening, friends and family, and welcome to a safe space radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm testing out my low voice. <laughs> trying try to get more of a radio voice going on. You know, when you when you listen back to a show, you or anything that you're on, you're like, is that really how I sound? <laughs> and I kept thinking, I need a lower voice for radio, but I, I just don't do that. But maybe I can do some vocal exercises. Anyway, I am Francis Hall, and I'm Calvin Williams. Um, and I t- go ahead. I too, I too have uh, issues with my voice. I've I've had issues with my voice for basically as long as I've lived. Uh, I've tried to come up with a radio voice for myself, but uh, I realize, you know what? Uh, my personality is more important than my voice. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Unless you have like a really annoying voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hey Saints Radio. <laughs> or like if you can't understand uh, what a person is saying. So tonight... Uh, and we're kind of getting into it already. Uh, our theme of the show is going to be mental health. Um, and we're going to t- might or might not have music to go along with it. We're not sure yet. There have been some problems here uh, with uh, with Calvin's computer. Yeah, so I, we will see what happens. Yeah, computer and, tonight. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. What's interesting is that it's not stressing me out. We're talking about mental health. I mean, this it's a it's a topic that we're we're kind of putting out in the open. Um, it, it is something important to talk about. Um, it's it's something that we deal with on a daily basis. Um, I know I do, and so many people, other people out there. And I guess it's kind of comforting to. Um, just kind of put it out there into the open, no judgments, just openness. And I guess I am that I'm feeling good about the, the technical issues. That's what's making me sweat right now. <laughs> you, you know, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. If, if people are listening and they expected music and they're not getting it, they can turn on the radio. They can listen to Pandora. They can do they can do something else. Exactly. And if they like what they're hearing, great. I was thinking, this is something I was thinking about, is uh, all all the shit that I used to get from therapists or even sometimes from friends, but usually from the, from the mental health, from, from mental health professionals, all the shit that I used to get for certain things that I, that I did then, now I get praised for. I'll give you some examples. It's like... You haven't left your house in three months? That's great. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) You're not socializing? No parties? I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Whereas in the past, you know, like the, the Radio Free Brooklyn meetings, I'll be there for the meeting part. And then when when the mixer comes up, I'm like maybe ten minutes, and and I'm and I'm out. I'm I'm just not doing the social part of it. Now it's like you didn't socialize. We're so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) 
hey, it's I, like right now there's there's a lot of people are depressed a lot of people are having there's there's a big hike in in mental problems due to isolation uh, i call that new depressed i'm old depressed same here i've this for <laughs> for, people, for people like you and me like 2020 was the moment we were preparing a very very long time for <laughs> mhm yeah, when my friend Courtney Weber was putting together Tarot of the Burrows, and that's a, a tarot deck, great tarot deck. I highly recommend it. I have one right on my desk here, so I can even tell you where you can get it. Okay, here it is, Tarot of the Burrows, and it's all New York City, contemporary urban deck set in New York City. Uh, Tarot of the Burrows is a full 78-card tarot deck composed of spectacular original photography set in New York City. Inspired by the classic tarot, Tarot of the Burrows captures the tarot's timeless images and contemporary incarnations. It replaces the esoteric with the familiar, easily taking the reader into the heart of the tarot's stories. Tarot of the Burrows features the New Yorkers from all walks of life, as well as well-known writers, and visual performing artists, including Moby, Jonathan Ames, Reverend Jen Miller, Lilith Dorsey, Larkin Grimm, Reverend Billy, and Imaku Mwat something, among many, many others. I'm one of the many, many others. I didn't warrant, you know, I wasn't famous <laughs> enough to warrant a big listing. But anyway, hey, there was no question notable. who I was going to be. The Hermit. <laughs> And when the photo shoot came up, I said, you know, we were, we were at my apartment and I said, you know, my, my, my curtains, I have these big green curtains. Can those work as like a green screen so I don't have to actually go outside for the photo shoot? <laughs> <laughs> it's like normal people are going crazy. And the crazy people that don't leave their apartments, <laughs> don't socialize, don't go to parties. Well, we're normal now. We're what you should be doing. Hey, people are looking up to us. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do it? How do you keep it together? New York City was at the height. You know, it's been hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love getting on the subway. Being around people, it's been tough, but I'm getting through it. But seriously, um, it has, it has made me, it has made me regret being less sociable when I had the opportunities to do so. It has made me regret a lot of parties that I didn't attend, uh, and I think that it's going to change me. I think that I will get out there more. I think I will appreciate being around people more. Um, and uh, thoughts on that with you? Um, because of uh, because of my um, the, the the emotional stuff that I deal with like like years ago I was I mean I was pretty low key but I was very very social. I, I'd go to concerts, I'll go up to meet the band afterward, chat with the band. Um after after a few years though, 
I this started slowly regressing. There's uh, looking back at it, there's a there's there were a lot of things that like built up to me like beginning to regress like that. Like I, um, in terms of in terms of regret, I do. I do feel that regret of like not being able to like. I think for me personally, like, just sitting out of sitting out on live music, that was the thing that made me the happiest at one point in time, especially living in the city. Uh, even back when I was in college, I would go to I would try to go to live shows as uh, much as I can, but the in the last four years, I can probably count on one hand how many concerts I've been to, and I'm I'm really I'm really sad that I can't go out and see live music, especially because like late last year, the beginning of this year, like I was start finally starting to feel better and feel like getting out of the house and going to see live music and chatting with people chatting with people is very very difficult with me uh difficult for me but um thankfully um thankfully i i have the type of personality where people will just look at me and hey and be like hey that's somebody i can talk to and will start talking to me <laughs> i kind i kind of miss that right now get... so, yeah so do i and also i you know i wasn't always I wasn't always frightened of social situations. Uh, it's something that, that built up over time. And I cannot point to any specific traumatic event that occurred that that got me this way. Uh, I think it was just a... I'm going to say maybe I just got more and more comfortable with it. And the more and more comfortable I got with being by myself... I guess the less comfortable I got about being around others. I honestly don't know. I'm, this is just something that's coming to me right now as we, as we talk it through. Uh, but what I do know is I do know that when I was more sociable, I was happier. I'm, I, I can agree with you on that one. Like, this is like New York City is a huge city full of excuse me full of incredible interesting unusual people and various combinations therein and mm -hmm. I think I think one of the reasons I think personally one of the reasons why I enjoy being a, a part of Radio Free Brooklyn is having that opportunity to like meet like meet a uh, a small cross section of the the various interesting people around this city, and so, like, as as introverted as I am, going to the going to the media mixers was one of the the best things I ever could have done, and just going there every month. Of course, I'm fighting. I'm fighting. Like my own personal anxiety, my own social anxiety, but just putting myself out there and one thing that really helps with Radio Free Brooklyn 
everybody welcomes you with open arms. Every single person there. Yes. And so, like, I ha that was my reason to not be afraid and to just go up and go up and say hello to people. And and I like the the diversity. I like the diversity that we have. I like the diversity that that it attracts. I like that that there that we have. Uh, not one, but at least two trans people who work as hosts or co-hosts. Mm -hmm. um, and we have just a real, we, we have just a, we have the rainbow, you know? I love that about Absolutely. Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, I, have, I, can, I can say with a lot of certainty, Radio Free Brooklyn has been where it has worked wonders for my mental health. Hey. Let me ask you this, because I know this to be true of myself, um, and the meetings are a good example of it. I have no problem talking to groups. I have no problem. I mean, there are times that I've <laughs> had bad shows <laughs> that started out bad, and I wasn't connecting with the audience, and <laughs> it was just, you know, it's just like, oh my God, when is this going to be over? But that is the exception, not the rule. For the most part, at, and when I get to the meetings and we all go around the room, um, I will usually take a few minutes to, to say a few jokes, to, to, to say something along the lines of, well, you know, my show really, really uses a lot of sight gags and having some problems with that on the radio. Don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get the room laughing. And then when it comes to the one-on-one -on -one stuff, I'm out. I have a, I can't, I, I, I just... I'm not comfortable with it. Now, you have been sharing this show with me quite a bit during this pandemic when we haven't been able to use the studio. I've been very grateful for not just your technical expertise, but for the company and for the way we just seem to work well together. Yeah. Um, uh, so you are talking to, and both of our shows at one point or another have been in the top 10. So we're talking to people we're talking to a lot of people. In, we have lots of listeners in New York. I know I have my next, I don't know what it is now, but when I was able to track it, next highest was in England. And after that, for some reason, Japan. Uh, so we're talking to all these people all across the world. You're comfortable with that. Correct? Uh, so, <laughs> one thing... One when you thing put I it that like way, no! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so good. Like, I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy making light of that because, of course, that was something I've I've had trouble with for a very long time. But one thing that one thing that I I make note of about my show, and one thing I always say is that I get to play music and uh, uh, chat into the uh, the infinite void of time, space, and the internet. <laughs> But like I, from from the outset, it seems like I'm I'm talking to myself. But one thing that I really enjoy is the fact that I can get to like talk to people out there, whoever may be listening. Now I have no clue who's who's out there listening. It could be it could be anybody. Like I know like I know I have a handful of friends that uh, try to tune in every week. But uh, all the all the people that just kind of stumble upon my show and just like, Hey, what's, what's this all about? What, 
Uh, uh, music's interesting. Guy sounds like a goofball, but I kind of like him. I'll keep listening. So, so I, so that's one of the things I really like about my show. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, in lieu, like even when I, even when I was in the studio. Um, in lieu of not being able to be as social as I want, as I want to be. Doing doing my show and doing this show is an opportunity to have that social moment and being able to be as open as one can during social situations. And in a lot of ways, be, being more open in a way that I'm not able to in normal social situations. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit now about uh, about coping strategies. Okay. Um, unless you wanted to go on, continue on that subject a bit. Um, I think I think I got the I think I got the majority of uh, of my thought on that one. Okay. So thus far in my life, and hopefully for the rest of my life, I have refused to take medications for depression uh, or for mental illness, with the exception of. I did take Valium for a period and I didn't and I don't feel that I was as responsible with it as I should have been so I stopped. Mm. So that's good. Um it didn't get to a point where it was a problem, but it was like this might be a problem <laughs> if I continue you get, you so I wasn't abusing it, but yeah. I I saw the potential. Uh other than that, when when psychiatrists have been like, you know, I can give you this Wellbutrin, I can give you this, I can give you that, I've always asked, what is the alternative? And almost always I get, these are the big three. Exercise, exposure to sunlight, music. Mm. Those were always the big three. And I really didn't understand that much about... I I really didn't it didn't hit me how important music was until I started shifting this more towards a music show and listening to a lot more music than I had in the past mm. and learning about artists and getting exposed to new artists and even some friends uh, uh there have been a couple of people who have noticed that that I'm calmer uh than than before I was doing this music show uh, I also have been exercising a hell of a lot more than I ever have probably in my life. Um, the exposure to sunlight, uh, I, I now get up almost always just maybe 10 minutes before sunrise. So I have the greatest opportunity to get as much of that in as possible. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, these things are helping. The, this stuff, this stuff is real. Those big three. Uh, if you are on medication and you need those medications, I absolutely do not judge anyone for that at all. But if you can do it in a way that you don't have to take the medications, those are the big three, and and uh, they really help. They they helped me. I'm gonna say. Uh, it's it's interesting how music uh how the the uh, psychiatrist said music is is um a good coping strategy music has been like my major coping strategy for i don't know how long like 
this is I can think back to when I was working at my previous job. Like I was I was incredibly depressed at that job. I I I felt incredibly undervalued at that job and I would I would just spend days to weeks sitting in my office in the basement by myself like not really like not really doing much and not really able to do much because I was really good at my job and was very proactive and so I had very little to do because I because of I was so proactive so I I would just start like browsing the internet browsing youtube for like music that music that i liked and going to like different radio stations like pandora like pandora was one like absolutely wonderful for me back in the day and then i discovered spotify and so <laughs> ever since i started my spotify account you will very rarely see me without my headphones <laughs> cuz that's that's really how i'm able to get away a lot of times able to get away good way good. i like the wording let's see if we can play a song uh if I'm going to set up for us to play I Will. I'll give you a little background on why I chose that, the Timothy, the, the Tim Curry version. Okay. Um, and if it plays, it plays. If not, then, and you're interested in listening to it, then you can listen <laughs> to it after the show. So uh, this was written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney. I think that it sounds more like a McCartney song to me. But anyway, in released uh, November 20, 22nd, 1968, and the Tim Curry version was released on his 1978 album, Read My Lips. Okay, so we have John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Tim Curry. You've, you have noted to me that I have met a lot of interesting people. I did meet one of them. Can you guess which one? Tim Curry? On the nose. Nice. <laughs> On the nose. See, I thought... I would I, mo I would have thought you'd, you'd guess John Lennon because he used to live in Greenwich Village and he lived in New York City. But then again, I was 15 when he was shot. So the 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 mere, the window of opportunity. Uh, yeah. So this so but it wasn't it wasn't in it wasn't in any kind of glamorous way that I met him. It wasn't that I was working on something that he was in. It wasn't that he was a, a mutual friend of some of these celebrities I know. It was a total fanboy thing. <laughs> uh, when Read My Lips came out in 1978, Tim Curry came to New York to do a signing uh, at a record store that was on 6th Avenue, not very far away from the 8th Street Playhouse where the Rocky Horror Show had been had been at that time. I'm pretty sure they were there at 78 in 78. And uh, so I was, as has been established, big Rocky Horror fan. Yep. Me and uh, me and Junior. Used to get beat up every now and then for being rock and roll freakouts, although that's not what they called us. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he mentions me in two articles, and, and one of them has to be of me getting beaten up. <laughs> of course. Of course. But hey, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take it. Glad to know he's thinking of me. So anyway... 
I get online and and I'm thinking, you know, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? And I have no memory whatsoever of what happened when I got in front of him until when I left. My guess is I just totally froze up and he was probably something like, well, what's your name? I'm Frank. And then he probably, I just got a text from my sister that there's no sound. There's no sound. No sound. Hmm. It says we're I'm going to ask air. her for how long. Now there really is no sound, but I'm going to keep telling the story because you're are you, you're recording, right? Yep, I am recording. It it says okay. it's recording, and it also says that we're on the air. So, we'll, okay, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Oh, just now. Okay, well we'll keep I'll keep going, and we'll see what happens. Okay, this is live. So, so yeah, I'm thinking he he uh, he probably prompted me. <laughs> As the professional that he was. And then I, I went home just excited for the experience. And uh, we'll, and so uh, this is a song that was on that album. And I remember hearing it. And, and I had never heard anything like it before. Because it, it was my first exposure to reggae. Oddly enough, coming from Tim Curry in 1978. And we will see if we're able to play this. All right. Fingers crossed. It's it's a struggling. I'm not hearing anything that sounds like it. It's it is it is chugging. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is gonna happen. Uh, yeah, no, no dice this time. Damn good thing I am accustomed to doing a talk show format. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Yeah, you should. You ever, you ever meet someone, uh, and just completely freeze up? Like I did with, uh, Mr. Curry? Um, I'm trying to think. I I really haven't met a whole lot of uh, famous people in my time, so I can't really can't really think of of uh, any standout moments of like um like freezing up with meeting uh, meeting celebrities. I mean, I freeze up when meeting new people. A lot of times. Okay. <laughs> that's that's just the uh, the social anxiety there. <laughs> but um, sadly, I don't have any uh, any interesting celebrity stories. <laughs> well, you're young. Uh, young-ish. Thir- well into my 30s now <laughs> yeah that's young to me remember <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at that age where i can start calling people your age son well you know son <laughs> you're still young 
but maybe maybe once uh once this pandemic situation uh finally uh, ceases i may be able to get out and see some shows meet some celebrities um make some make some new interesting uh, make some new interesting memories about the times i've frozen meeting somebody i really like <laughs> if you're just joining us you're listening to a safe space radio on radio free brooklyn we're at that halfway mark where we're going to read read you some copy we are having uh some problems with the feed we've cut out a couple of times it seems and we are unable to play music but i am psyched that i have done a talk show for over five years so i'm not concerned with us unable to play music tonight and i think we have a very important subject that we're talking about mental illness coping strategies and we're actually having some laughs some laughs along the way uh the next thing that i'm going to the next subject that i'm going to talk about is advocacy and self-advocacy but first if you like what you're hearing you can uh you can support the station uh tax deductible tax deductible donations go to radiofreebrooklyn.donut nope that's not it i'm just making fun of me always getting it wrong <laughs> RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donut. No, nope, nope. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. It is tax deductible. We got the end of the year. This is this is when you want to give. This is when people. This is you know if you if you wanted to reflect on your taxes for the next time around. This is the last month that you can do it. This is also a time where people traditionally open up their hearts and people traditionally open up their their wallets. It is a good organization. We've been talking quite a bit about how Radio Free Brooklyn has helped us, and I know it has helped uh, people who have listened to this show. Uh, they have told me that, uh, especially when we talk about things like depression and mental illness, they're like, you know, you've, you made me feel less alone in the world today. Thank you for that. So, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. And do you have the written copy, Calvin? Yes, I do. Thank um, you. We would like to take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, City Running Tours. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of your neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Um, fun, fun note. Um, one of our uh, Ready Free Brooklyn hosts, Rachel C., um, was uh, took over the uh, City Running Tours Instagram this morning and uh, was the tour guide for this morning's uh, this morning's tour. I didn't get a chance to see it because I was asleep, but I but, uh, just wanted to uh, just wanted to point that out. We we have we have somebody uh, um, from the station that is taking advantage of it and is is a part of it, and so she can definitely vouch for it. Uh, you can choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. 
For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, please check out their website at cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. And there we have it. Thank you for that, Calvin. Uh, okay, so I want to move on to self-advocacy and, and advocating for others. I'm going to start with self-advocacy and, and a person who I, not a famous person, but someone who I am very honored to know, Dr. Bernard Caballero. Uh, Bernard Caballero spent uh, age three to age 21 in the Willowbrook Institution, um, which is which was a, a, a horrible place in Staten Island, um, that he had something to do with getting shut down in around 1977. So he was there from age three to age 21. He had no, and this was for people with who who were uh, who had mental uh, disabilities. He didn't have mental disabilities. He had cerebral palsy and severe cerebral palsy, and he was misdiagnosed. So he, he, had, uh, he understood quite well what was going on around him. He understood quite well that it was wrong and that what was happening to him, what was happening to the other people that were in that school was wrong. And, um, and Geraldo Rivera, one of the doctors or former doctors of the Willowbrook uh, Institution got in touch with Geraldo Rivera in the late 70s. And, uh, and Geraldo went in unannounced, uh, uninvited, with a camera crew, and he exposed the conditions, the horrifying conditions that were happening there. We're talking about uh, 50, 50 residents to, to one uh, worker that's where oh whereas goodness. today a ratio minimum should be one to eight um we're talking about people who were you know i'm not going to go into too much description but there is uh there is if you want to see the the footage from that time just look for the last great disgrace or the last disgrace geraldo rivera and the first time i saw bernard was when i was learning about the history of of the treatment of people with mental illness for work that I did. I was in that field for, for uh, not mental illness, I'm sorry, uh, uh, people with mental disabilities. Uh, I was in that field on and off for 12 years. I, the work I did there, I'm very, very, uh, I'm very glad that I did the kind of work I did there. Uh, I focused the latter part of my career developing programs to help prevent abuse, neglect, and negligence. So the first time I saw Bernard was on archival footage of The Last Disgrace. Um, He went on, well, Dr. Bernard Caballero could tell you a little bit about what he went on to do. Uh, And he also founded the Self-Advocacy Association of New York State in 1986. <clears throat> I am in awe of this person. Uh, his experience from age 3 to 21 could have 
could have easily made him just incapable of functioning at all in society. And yet he has risen to an incredibly high level when it comes to not only advocating for himself, getting that plate, helping to get that place shut down. Mm -hmm. And there's also something called the Willowbrook Consent Decree, which, uh, which governs how which has a lot to do which 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 puts together certain rules and regulations for treatment with people in that particularly vulnerable population um so what i'm trying to say is um if you are in a situation and you know it's wrong speak out he was threatened by the staff for speaking out, but he helped not only himself, but millions and millions of people who were in similar situations. Man, it's like 18 years he went through that. Yes. And he, he was not only able to make it out, but make like make a better life for himself, and in turn, put in work to make life better for others that were in his situation. Like I can't, I, I have, uh, I'm not familiar with the uh, Willowbrook Institution. I, this is my first time hearing about this. But like just you describing how hard the conditions were, like I can't I can't even imagine how anybody could get out of that. But uh Dr. Caballero has he he must he must be a a, a rare breed just in terms of fortitude to be able to fight uh, fight and build like it's funny like I have trouble advocating for myself when like I'm feeling tired and burned out at work <laughs> mm-hmm. but but he advocated for himself and built a foundation to help people advocate for themselves that's incredible yeah, yeah, and and he had no, they they didn't have any programs, they didn't have any education. It was endless hours of nothing to do, endless hours of nothing to do from the age of three to twenty one, and yet he found ways to keep his mind occupied. He found ways to keep alive uh, the 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 illnesses. Let me give you a little bit of uh, background on how this came to be. Okay. In the 1930s, there was something called the eugenics movement, which is very much tied into where the Nazis uh, thought of the Jews as lesser people and led to those horrible things. Well, in the United States, it, it there was there was also it was also present, and 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 doctors felt that people with with uh, mental and and physical impairments that having them in the general society was was 
bad not just for the general society but for them so if you had a child that was born uh, with uh, mental disabilities your doctor would say the best place for them is with their other people the best place for them are in these institutions so you know we like to think of care for our vulnerable population as continuing continuing to improve and improve and improve but in reality in in prior to this home care was the norm we we would take care of our children at home we would do whatever we could to get them to their highest functioning possible and and get them to contribute as people want to contribute but care in america actually got worse and worse and worse and by by the 70s you had a place like willowbrook where he, i remember this I, I remember Geraldo saying i can show you what it looks like i can show you what it sounds like but i can't describe but you can never understand the smell this gives you an idea of what we're talking about yeah oh my god Uh, I mean, and in fact, uh, Robert Kennedy had visited Willowbrook five years prior to to uh, to to Geraldo's expose, and he said, "This is horrible. This is horrible. We have to do something about this." And yet, nothing was done. Nothing was done because he said it, but the people didn't see it. When you see it for yourself, and when those news reports came out. Then people were. Then action happened. Change happened. But not enough. Not enough. I'm going to tell you a story from just this week. Um, there's a school across the street from me, and it is it is for this population. And there was a a woman outside, and she was crying and crying and crying. This was early in the morning, and. Uh, she must have been in her, looked to be in her 20s or 30s. Um, because of my experience in this field and because I knew what kind of school it was, I quickly assessed that she was of that population and I, I went to go, to go help. She couldn't get in. She was buzzing and buzzing and buzzing and couldn't get in. So I, I said, uh, would you like me to call for you? And uh, she said that she had done that, but I... I I wasn't sure, so I called the number that was there on the window, mm-hmm. and I said, and they picked up, and I said, hey, you, you have a person trying to get in here. She's very cold. She's very upset. Like, oh, okay, we'll be right back. We'll be right down. And I asked her, would you like me to, to stand here with you while they come? And she said, yes, I would like that. And um, she said, uh, I, I don't like the winter. I'm very cold. I like the summer and the spring. And I said, you know, I feel the very same way. Uh, I haven't followed through. You know, I, I, at least I did something and I helped in that situation. But I need to follow through. I, gotta, I, have, to, I have to get in touch with them next week and say, why did this happen? And how do we make sure it doesn't happen again? Yeah. If advocacy starts on a small scale just like that but you never know it could go such a very long way i mean just doing just doing that small part like just uh i can't say change uh, change that person's life but this 
made things just a little bit easy for them in that moment. And just little things like that go a long way. Well, there are all the what ifs also, you know, there are all the what ifs. It, it was a very cold morning. What if she gave up, wandered off to find someplace warm? And then what if that wandering, you know, it's just, I, I couldn't, I could, I didn't do the, I didn't, I didn't do a good deed. I was the right person at the right time and the right place. That's mm -hmm. what it was. And, I, and I'm glad that I was, it felt tremendously good to have been able to resolve that small situation. But, you know, it speaks to that there are still problems uh, in that field. I need to be addressed. That was that was that was unacceptable. Yeah, like little things like that can can snowball into even larger issues. Like at the very least, an investigation as to why nobody was uh, manning the buzzer, either either the buzzer is defective or nobody was around to to allow somebody in that that could be the difference between um, I don't want to go as like as drastic as life or death but you never know in in the situation that you just told me that it, it very well could have been mm -hmm. so I am encouraging people um If you're, if you can assess a situation where, where you know you can be helpful, please do, do it, do it. Not just for the people. I, I felt wonderful. I really did. It was, it was such a great feeling. You know, be selfish. Do it for yourself. <laughs> do it for the great feelings it brings. When, when, when you, when you realize that uh, it took, it took five minutes to, at a minimum, get someone in out of the cold. At a maximum, who knows. Who knows? I have some resources for you, folks. Okay, uh, the uh, we've talked about how it, the this this phone anyway. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is uh, free. It's confidential and it's twenty four seven. We have discussed maybe they don't always have the best people answering the phone. If you call them and you don't. Feel a connection with the person you're talking to. Hang up, call again. Someone else will answer. It's it's there. There's always someone there to talk. That is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. A lot of folks don't even like to talk on the phone. They like to text. Finally, you can. Great. The crisis text line. Text hello to seven four one. 741. We also have, uh, this is, you know, you, maybe you, you just, you're not, you're not at that suicidal level. Let's hope you're not, but you need someone to talk to. NYC Well is also free, confidential, 24-7, crisis counseling, mental health, and substance misuse. They're trained in all of these things. That phone number is 888 six nine two nine three five five and you can text well to six five one dash seven five also available for online chat nycwell.cityofnewyork.us 
So in case you were not aware of those areas to reach out to, uh, now you are. Those are definitely great to have. And I imagine this time of the year, uh, there may be a possibly be an uptick in um, in calls to those resources. Is this for for a lot of people? It's not a easy time of the year. So, it's it's wonderful. It's great to know that there's there's something out there for uh, for for people to reach out to and. Uh, um, seek whatever help they they are looking for. Also, uh, check with your insurance plan. You know, if if those things don't, if they seem impersonal to you, and you'd like to develop a relationship, uh, there there are there might be there there have been additions with my insurance this year directly related to the lockdown where they have where they have increased the mental health uh uh resources available to the to their insured members so check with that i i have the phone number saved on my phone i haven't called it but it's i have it under mental health insurance I don't think they're 24-7, but I do believe it's something where you can build a... I can't tell you for sure. I haven't tried it, but I do believe it's something that you can build a, a relationship on it. I told you that the, the physical things I do, the exercise, the music, uh, the sunlight, but um, but talking, you know, to even... Not even, but especially this, Calvin. I'm not kidding. This this uh, hour a week that we spend together has been tremendously great therapy for me. Um, I'm very happy about that, and I you and I'm sure you you know because I say it just about every week. Like especially during days when days and weeks where I'm not feeling feeling my best or feeling great and feeling down like this always builds on my spirit and so i'm incredibly grateful for that it's it's a it's a wonderful uh, wonderful space to um play music speak, uh, speak each other's minds and just whatever 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 is going on we just uh this is an hour to uh, let it out in the open. I I wish this is something that everybody out there could have, and we we're just we're just a, just a couple of fortunate people here. <laughs> we are. We are. I think it might have been a blessing in disguise that we couldn't play music because there's only eight minutes left to the show right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And uh, and I think I like to think that we've done something we've done something good in this hour. At the at the very least, if uh, people can uh, hear us, just just being open and open and honest about um, mental health and our personal struggles and connections to it. It could it could prompt somebody to 
begin to open up about open up and be uh, not afraid about their own personal struggles. And the the important part for everyone to understand it it's scary, but you, you, there's no need to be afraid. Mental illness is nothing to be ashamed of. So many of us are are going through it, have our own issues, have our own struggles. We we're all like especially especially this year, we're trying to find ways to just make it through the day. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're all struggling. Don't don't be ashamed about it. Don't be afraid. It is scary, but don't be afraid, don't be ashamed. If you if you need help there's resources available as uh, a little little google search and go a very long way and also just reach reach out to somebody you know reach out to a friend or a family member just a uh, um perfect example i have um my my great aunt uh she is 92 years old she uh, she suffered a stroke several years ago, and so her so her speech is incredibly impaired. Um, my cousin, um, my cousin and my mom are are very close. Um, I hadn't talked to uh, my cousin or my aunt in um, I don't think at all this year, <clears throat> but for some reason, both of them had been very much weighing on my mind. And I I was trying to like come up to my mom and ask, hey, have you talked to uh, Eileen and Andali uh, uh, recently? But sure enough, this morning my mom had uh, spoke to my cousin and got a chance to talk to my aunt. Uh, my aunt can't uh, can't really say a whole lot of words, but you can you can tell by like her laugh or and her inflections in her voice that she can hear you and she understands you. And so I, I had a chance to I had a chance to talk to my uh, I, uh my Dolly and my uh, cousin Eileen today, and man, it. I mean, I was I was happy to know that they were doing okay, but just hearing their voice just made all the difference for me. And I say all that to say, um, just reach out to somebody here, um. Speak to a familiar voice. You don't have to talk about anything profound. Just just say hello. That alone can 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 make a huge difference for you. And just as important as reaching out to talk is reaching out to listen. Yes. Agreed. 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 That's something a lot of people don't think about doing that, but it is important. It is important because if you know there are people in your life that are struggling, they might, they very well, very, very well might not want to reach out to you. Oh, I don't want to be a burden. Oh, maybe I've caught them at the wrong time, blah, blah, blah. Reach out to them with the sole intent of listening. Ask lead-in questions that will get them to open up. Uh, it's, it's, trust me on this one. <laughs> Just trust me on this one. <laughs> It really is. It really is a good thing to do, and and uh, and again, uh, when when it, you come to a point where 
that where you can start hearing some relief in their voice and you know you've done something to help another person that fucking do it do it to be selfish because that <laughs> feels really good when you when you do that i'm telling you it feels great you're able to help someone i reached out this week on december 9th uh uh which December, I lost a lot of people in December. Uh, I lost my dad December 9th, 1986. Uh, I thought I was okay with it. I got through the day just fine. And then somewhere around 9, 10 o'clock rolled around. And I was like, I, 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 I got to read. I got I need to talk. I need to just discuss that I'm having feelings, even though it was so long ago. Uh, and they were there for me for an hour. And at the end of that hour, I was feeling better. And I said, thank you. And they got the good feeling of helping me. Can't ask for anything better than that. So if I were to advocate um, being selfish about anything, that would be it. (laughs) 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 We're all we're all we're all fighting here but we don't have to do it by ourselves and there's also this is something i never do or rarely do i don't know if i ever do it there's also putting it out there to the universe via social media i i'm not good at social media one person who comes to mind who's excellent about this is sarah elizabeth um she will she will post on facebook about the struggles she's having and not in a, not no way in a poor me kind of way, but in a guidance kind of way. Mm. Uh, like she'll she'll say, you know, people will sometimes say to me, oh, you have all this great stuff going on in your life. Why can't you just be happy? Just be happy. Why can't you just be happy? And she'll say, because I can't. Because I just can't. Sometimes I just can't just be happy. It's there's I'm wired differently than you. And bless her heart for putting it out there because there are so many people that are like, I, I relate, I relate, I relate. <laughs> um, she's wonderful. This is this is it. Uh, we're just about done here. I'm really glad that, that we were able to do this, yeah, that we didn't panic. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> we, just, we just let it rock. And this was, this was an, an absolutely wonderful hour. I agree. I agree. And it's always tricky when you're dealing with this subject. So thank you, Calvin. Thank you, folks, for listening. And we will be back with you next week with the Safe Space Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be well. Be safe. <laughs>